Welcome to Startup Confidential. What industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 84, The Challenge of Marketing to Your Fan Behavior. I imagine many of you have watched some or all of the famous Mad Men series on AMC. If I'm right, then you know that the lead antihero, Don Draper, was not a fan of consumer research. He preferred to sleep with the market researcher over listening to her report. American marketing remains plagued by a disinterest in strategic marketing to known behavior within a defined audience. Only the slowest growing industries like big food have taken this very seriously because they have no other choice. American marketers across industries, by and large, they want to be promoters of brands. And this attraction to the job profile usually tips the scale toward what I'm going to call apparel-style marketing. Tell the consumer what's cool and make them want it. Point and seduce. Any wonder then that heterosexual women disproportionately enter the marketing field in the U.S.? The one gender socialized in seduction does have a built-in advantage at least in appearing plausibly the best option for the job. The advent of the most unholy of media platforms, Instagram, only exacerbated this very non-analytical approach to marketing in America. Actually, let me first set up a continuum in your mind so I can make myself crystal clear. On one end, we have apparel or liquor marketing, where the designer or the celeb founder simply tell the market, us, to buy their shit, because they, damn it, are the arbiter of cool, and you are not. You are a loser. The motivation to purchase becomes an unconscious desire to enter the symbolic world of the brand and its person, spokesperson, and make yourself known as, to others as a member of the in-club. It's about pitching attractive rarity, and that's really all that cool is sociologically. It's all based, this kind of apparel-style marketing, it's all based on contextual point and seduce. Now, on the opposite end of this continuum, we have academic, segmentation-driven consumer marketing aimed strategically at a highly specific audience that will nudge top line upward in very unsexy categories, devoid of any kind of rarity or coolness. And that, to be super clear, is the world that I got trained in. The fashion world is notorious for creating trends and rocketing brands to unicorn status again and again. This started, some might say, with Ralph Lauren in the 1980s and kept repeating itself again and again, most famously, I believe, in the crazy Kate Spade handbag trend of the 1990s when you could now stuff your boyfriend in your handbag. It was so damn big. There are categories where telling people what the next new thing is, with no argument, is all that marketing does. Point, seduce, manipulate. I find it nauseating personally, just as a person. In these industries, there is not a lot of audience analytics to drive the creative. It's only focused on targeting the media. Bye. The idea of making an argument of any kind other than seduction makes little sense to professionals trained in this approach. It is, quite frankly, the most arrogant and elitist possible form of marketing one can imagine. And it does work, I hate to say in specific cultural classes of good. But in most CPG categories, pointing and seducing 
will not work to drive trial for a new lower awareness brand. Most consumer categories are just not that trendy or fashionable. Consumers really do need an argument to switch, especially if they're going to pay more. And honestly, the early adopter of a new consumer brand could be all sorts of people in all manner of tribes. And you can't communicate effectively to everybody. The argument does not have to be a rational or utilitarian one. It could involve fear, hope, moral aspiration, even sexual aspiration if you sell premium vibrators. Most importantly, consumer brands operate in categories where you have to play by certain functional rules, even if your competitive advantage is flavor, organic awesomeness, or whatever. Convincing people that keto is the next thing is actually a broad cultural process, which you, the brand owner, neither create nor control. But you can ride those trends. And many have. Hey listeners, exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising, and a great team. You need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com courses. And now back to the episode. The recurring presence, as many of you have noticed, especially if you read my book, the recurring presence of attribute fads and trends does not mean that consumer brands should simply take a celebrity marketing approach to the art of persuasion, assuming that everything is going to be dead in five years. Like a fashion trend, it's simply not the case. And it would be a very expensive option, best suited for large public holding companies to begin with, or certainly overfunded ones, venture capital funded ones. Instead, the style of persuasion that I recommend and describe at length in my newest online course, is one where you make your products agents of transformation in the consumer's ordinary life through storytelling. Now, conveying the human context and emotion of this everyday magic with humor, playfulness, and some kind of creative shock and awe is what works to transform your dull, low-awareness product line into something super enticing that people want to try quickly even if they weren't that dissatisfied with the thing they're already using. The key with creative that works in CPG is not actually an academic-style quantitative segmentation. Sorry. Those are generally unnecessary until you hit the later stages of slow growth. What you need as an early-stage, rapidly-growing company is simply to identify the killer outcome during usage and its emotional power. This is not actually rocket science, but if you don't talk to your consumers at all, if you're a little laptop fundraising jackass, then you won't know this. Once you know that killer outcome and its emotional salience, you can unleash your own argument for trial in powerful video storytelling aimed at, yes, a very specific audience, either demographic or tribal. And you pick that audience based on their enthusiastic repeat purchasing presence within your fan base. What does this really mean, folks? It means that unlike in the apparel marketing approach, where you don't research the consumer at all, except where the hell can you find some people to shove your message at, you shouldn't invest in expensive paid marketing campaigns of any kind, a la seven figures and above, until you understand your fan base pretty well. Whatever you do, don't fall for the arrogance of apparel marketing. If you want your marketing messages to drive awareness and new customers beyond the probability of mere random chats, which is honestly what a lot of consumer marketing ends up being when it's done badly. 
Now, if you do sell apparel, jewelry, or liquor, then you can just go back to what you were doing. And you have, honestly, a pretty easy marketing job, as long as your budget is massive. That's all for now, folks. And as always, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founders quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.